UFC 205 is now in the books. It's it's done and over with. The life at octagon247.com and MMA Fancast is back to normal. We don't just have Jim Sahara Mooney and Rod Dog Middleton. We have the man that is joining us by the name of T.D. Terry Dactyl. He's back and he's on the attack. What do you got to say, Terry? Man, I'm so excited to catch up with you guys. Um, we have we have a good rule not to talk before these podcasts. So I have so many things swirling in my mind from who you guys met to how the stay was in Manhattan, all those things and more. I'm looking forward to it. And we're looking forward to it as well. Let me introduce my, well, just I don't know say what it. to just, even just say it. Don't. call him anymore. But the guy that's sitting to my left. Your superior. Jim Sahara Mooney. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's funny. We were, um, we got back just a little while ago. We're, we're, we're doing this podcast. And I actually tripped over Sahara's walker on the way out of my <laughs> Out of my, out Dude, of wait, my car. Wait, does it have the little tennis balls? It does. He has the tennis balls. True story. That True he actually story, pulls. Yes. He actually pulls the tennis balls off the bottom of his walker and places them under his calves while he's driving, or not his calves, is is. Uh, his quads while he's driving. So he's the tennis ball man. This is a true... He's not lying here. Because, do you recall you were trying to get to your pacifier? Your binky had fallen, you know, because normally you wear it oh, around your neck, and the little clasp came undone. That was actually your, your really originally went stupid. rolling. Remember but, that? Hey, whatever. It's okay. To each their own, old man. And then your anyway, dress flew up. So... And we saw your little frilly... We are back. panties. we are raring to go. <laughs> Ready for whatever. So this this typically when we do a podcast, we have a whole list of topics, and we just like kind of talk. And as we want to change subjects, we hit one of the next things, and we talk about that. We have nothing, guys. We have, we yet, have yet yet we have so much. Yet we have so much. So we have no sheets of paper. We have no list. We have nothing in front of us, and we're just rolling here and gonna. Share with you guys uh, all about 205, answer questions that uh, Terry Dactyl has, and just free flow with it. So, so let's just get into it. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So first question for you guys. You were staying in Manhattan, a block from MSG. Who did you guys run into? We were actually two long blocks from MSG. So Well, a New York City block, I guess, is not your typical block. Well, no, Correct. no, they're Correct. depending on which way you're going. If you're going north and south, those are streets and those are short blocks. If you're going east and west, those are avenues and those are long blocks. So we were two long blocks from or maybe even three long blocks from um, Madison Square Garden. So if you were to leave your hotel room to get to MSG, how many minutes? Uh, maybe 10, 12 minutes. Okay. The Which in New York City is like nothing. But Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, we did have uh, – Ryan can uh, can tell you about his his elevator ride. Um, probably uh, the, the biggest one. Yeah. So we were um, – we were – it was this was an accidental meeting. We I was – we were running back to the hotel room very quickly before we went into um, UFC 205, and um, I had forgotten something there, and I ran back and uh, was coming back down the elevator, and there's these 
didn't we talk about this on another podcast? Even if we did, sure. I'm, I'll bore you with the story again. Um, we're dry, we're riding down the elevator, and uh, these these two people get on, and they're actually the elevator's going down, and they're getting on to go up. So then they realize, oh, we're going down, that kind of thing. Um, but they had wine. The guy had wine, and the, there was a woman with him, and and I hear them talking, and they didn't seem like they were fight people at all and then i hear them say they were diaz and i hear them say like fight and i go oh you guys going to the fights tonight and they say yeah we're going in a little while you know after after a little while because we were going in early for the all the prelims and everything to see everything and so i so they said yeah we're going in a little bit and then the woman looks at me and she said this is connor's dad so i was in the elevator with any resemblance um yeah, I mean, I just don't know. You wouldn't have picked it like if 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 I gave you a lineup of ten guys. I'm not saying, oh, that's Connor's dad. Okay. okay. I mean, no. If 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 I if you gave me a list of ten guys and said pick out Connor's dad, I'm sure there's p- people you can find that like more Look closely more like resemble Connor. resemble him. Okay. But um, and, and, and once the fight was over, you uh, one of the one of the things you did was you pointed out there's there's Connor's dad right there. Yep, he was in the in the octagon in the after the win, um, and uh, it was pretty cool, pretty chance encounter. Um, Woodley, right? You guys ran into Woodley. Ran into Woodley again. Yeah, um, ran into Woodley. Um, was he more excited to see you this time, Ryan? No, no. <laughs> he doesn't seem to get excited uh, to talk to fans. He just seems real low key. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, he's very just his personality. He's very smooth with. His interactions, you don't get the sense that he's trying to rush rush away from you or he's got something else on his mind. He just... I think he's super... Like, like he's like the Dan... He's like the pterodactyl of the UFC. Wow. UFC has its own pterodactyl. Oh, no, 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 no. He's... Never mind. Someone else I was actually thinking about. (laughs) Who? Who were you thinking of? I was thinking of uh, Matthew Lucas. Matthew Lucas? I don't even know who that is. Yeah. No one does. Okay. You're you're better off. Jacare? We we met Jacare. We met... um, Who else do we meet? Tim Kennedy, which... (laughs) Tim Kennedy looks extremely different in person than what I've seen him on TV. Tim Kennedy looked like we recognized that we knew this person, but I'm like, who is that? He looks, maybe he's a retired fighter. He looked old. He looked old. And Tim Kennedy, if you're listening, Tim, I was, this is all just for show. I'm just kidding. You don't look old. Um, I'm only joking. Please don't beat me up. But seriously, but back to the show part. Um, yeah, back to the show part. He looked, I mean, almost unrecognizable um, where we were going. Is that, who is that? And he, and, and he looked a lot smaller than, than Definitely what, smaller, what I yeah. thought he would be. Um, Did you see Connor's ride anywhere? I heard he was driving not. around New York City. Two different Rolls Royces. Yeah. With the Notorious on the side. Well, so... We didn't spend a lot of time like doing nothing. Like a lot, most of our time was intentional, um, trying to do different things. And then we had 
a big time waster on the last day. So that kind of held us back from doing a lot of the things we wanted to do. Um, but, you know, this was different than the Cleveland trip, the 203 trip. Um, but this is history, though. Like, I just want to point out for our listening audience, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, this is history in the sense that we are not the established voice of the media. We are the voice of you guys. What What are you actually seeing on the ground? Um, if you wanted traditional MMA news, there's a ton of other places for that. But how many fans are actually on the ground getting the scoop that fans were actually interested in? So not only that, but we, especially for me, since I didn't get to go on the trip, we get to actually see how it's documented and put together. So I hope you guys will share a little bit more as we go on. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up um, because you mentioned Cleveland. In Cleveland, UFC 203, we were all together. And that's what really spurned on Octagon247.com and the MMA fan cast. Um, that all came about because of our experience there. So... Here was a big event, UFC 205. Me and Ryan are in New York, and we talked about what we experienced there and compared it to Cleveland. So, you know, our our basis for comparison is the live aspect. And I was curious to know what that was, you know, what was your experience watching it on TV, and could you get a sense of what the, what the atmosphere was like watching it? Well, so... In one sense, yes, you could because of all the hype behind it. It's Madison Square Garden. So just for me, just knowing how many great events have taken place there, I think it was more for me. I understood that the emotion of the crowd would be high and and that it was very significant. But again, just speaking as a casual fan... Um, I don't know that you? It, me. Yeah, that was shocking. Term right? Come from? I don't know. I, don't know. I, don't know. I heard Casual Fan Friday is like a one-time deal. No, right? we're Pretty doing much. Casual Fan 2016. <laughs> that's <laughs> where we're at. That's right where now. it was. That's where it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I didn't think that it was much different. Uh, at least from, but you know, you got to remember, you can't well, always much di- tell. Much different in what sense? It, well, in the sense of the the production, cr- production and crowd. It doesn't translate like it does when you're there. Like, I even noticed that about 203. Um, just seeing a clip of it back, it was... I, I, I was looking at it through different eyes, but if I, if I took away my experience from there, um, I don't know that it would have translated through the TV. So I would say you guys got a very unique experience because anybody that wasn't there probably didn't get that same feel and buzz that you guys got. Okay, well, so put, put a pause on that for a second. Because I don't think you were there... Um, with us at this point. But, Ryan, do you recall when we watched um, the first Weidman-Silva fight and he knocked him out? Mm-hmm. And um, the restaurant that we were at, what the atmosphere was, was like in there. I mean, everybody just went nuts. It was it was loud. It wasn't a big place. Um, but everybody just erupted at the same time. And, again, you know, you know, trying to relive that, recall that moment, I'm getting goosebumps again thinking about it because of the electricity in this small venue. Well, that's See, that's a different but, feeling so, because of the surprise of right. the, the enormity of the the shock value. Right. And and 203 and 205, neither one of them I felt like had that same shock value as the Weidman Anderson Silva upset where he's knocking him out when he's clowning. Like that was. Yeah. 
that was a s- extremely special moment. That was, you know, up there with Bonner and Griffin. That was maybe not to that level, but it wasn't much farther farther below. Um, I don't think it had that shock value moment, and I think you kind of need that to have that same that same feeling. I don't think either one of these events had that that shock moment. Well, I guess really what I'm uh, what I'm trying to get at is th- what we experienced in watching it, and then you know because we didn't know how two hundred three was going to play out, but that electricity was there, and we didn't need like a shock moment. It there just, was some shock, though. I mean, so I, Stipe was knocked down, and you know, Alistair went sure, to absolutely. I, well, that I, was I guess, a gasp uh, yeah. moment because yeah. that was a pro Stipe crowd at his hometown in Cleveland, right? And so there was like, oh no, right. like this is really happening. But see, I think really that's happening. what led to the build, though. And I, I agree, and I think that's what. So if I think, if I think in a you know, crowd Each explosion event. moment. A crowd explosion moment. If Alvarez would have had Conor McGregor in trouble at some point, and Conor would have came back and done what he did, the explosion would have been even greater. It, it was an anti just from home. It was an anticlimactic finish. I think that they stopped it a little bit earlier. I think I agree that they so, stopped it. I thought that right. too After until the replay, I saw the hit. I, I would agree, uh, but but watching live on television, it was kind of like. Wow, Connor's really dominating this fight both rounds, and then it was like, "Yep, he's." I mean, he's man, he's on he's on pace to win this fight, and it's over. And it's like, I'm really excited because I love Connor McGregor, right? He's my favorite fighter, but it just I, I was hoping, I was really hoping for a bigger finish to that fight, like a, a battle. Yeah, I mean, even if it's one sided, I want to see it like, clear and distinguishable that he is out. And he's not getting back up for a minute or two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he wasn't. No, the replay I... did show it when when it was like um, he took you... a huge shot on the ground. No, yeah. no, no huge question. Shot. No question that they should have stopped the fight. But in real time, it was anticlimactic. I agree. I thought it was stopped early. I'm going really like right. that was early. Replay and showed it was a good call. The replay, yes. you know, he really ca- caught him with a huge shot. It didn't knock him out. I don't know why they called that a knockout. And, you know, sometimes they call things a knockout and a TKO. Like, I feel like that's a TKO. If you're calling uh, yeah, other things a TKO. TKO, that shouldn't have been called a knockout, yeah. in my opinion. But that wasn't the first mistake that the um, announcers and commission made. That was crazy. Yeah, but here's but but here's the good part is that the 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 promo after more than made up for the anticlimactic finish. The promo, the the belt issue, them having to find Woodley's belt, him celebrating, more than made up for it. Every fan there, I'm I'm assuming everybody went home happy. And Ryan and I, um, we we had a conversation. We're sitting there, and the, I think this was in between, um. The uh, might have been, I guess, the FS1 prelim, the end of that, and then um, before the main card started. Yeah, there was a long pause. Yeah, and you you turned to me and said, talking about the refs, and said, "Do you think you could do that?" You remember mm-hmm. that conversation? Yeah, yeah. And so we talked about that for a minute, which is now pretty interesting because. Um, I said, you know, just jokingly, I said, yeah, I could do that. No, you didn't say it just jokingly. You said no. it arrogantly like you normally say things. <laughs> Anyways, this was, so the conversation was, 
um, was about, you know, can you do this? What what do they go through? And Ryan said um, how important that position is as a referee in a fight because if you stop a fight too early, um, you're affecting two different livelihoods, basically, and, you know, in the sense that um, there's going to be some question, was it stopped too soon? Or, you know, could could the fighter have recovered? You know, so you're, you're affecting the outcome and you never want to be questioned. It, it needs to be clear, cut, and dry. And, and then here we end up, um, you know, with the uh, the main event. Who is that, Big John, right? John McCarthy? I'm not sure. I, I don't know that I can recall. I thought it was Big John. But, you know, it was, uh, it ended up being a live in real time. It looked like it may have been stopped too soon. Yeah, I haven't seen any commentary s- suggesting that it was right. stopped too too soon. Yeah, I think Woodley made mention to it, but I don't know that anybody else, I don't yeah. think I've heard anybody else. It just, again, looking at it real time, I just thought I would like to see a couple more shots in there. Okay, so next question. From you. Okay, so we talked about. Uh, tell me about the hotel. What was the hotel like? Hotel was nice. It was, was nice. Um, it was very clean. Our our room was very clean. Um, not busy at all. I mean, you know, there was. Uh, like Ryan said, we had you know some long blocks to walk, but there's. Oh, who was? Uh, who else was in our hotel? Michael. From. Uh, Michael Bisping, get out no, of here! No, not Bisping. <laughs> A um, couple uh, Bisping sightings, though. Michael Landsberg. Okay. Yeah. Oh, from... Uh, TSN. TSN. There mm-hmm. we go. Okay. Did any, did you talk to him at all or just... We did. Passing? We rode the elevator with him. Um, you know, he recognized uh, our our outfits or, you know, that we were a uh, an MMA um, group. Uh-huh. And uh, just, just brief conversation with him. And, yep. Um, he, was, he was a nice guy, cordial, and... I'm willing to engage with us. Great, great. Uh, what was the best thing you guys ate? I don't even think we really experienced any. Yeah. Any good no, New York well, pizza? The, uh, I lo- the breakfast New York pizza is my favorite. Oh, yeah. The, the, the breakfast. breakfast we had at uh, Friedman's. Friedman's mm-hmm. or Friedman's. Um, we both ended up getting the same thing. It was uh, waffles and chicken. Um, and they it came out with uh, like a spicy honey. Yep. Like a Sauce. honey Tabasco. Uh-huh. It seems like breakfast is always the highlight on these trips. Yeah. What well, at, at two o three it was that restaurant when we ate with with CM Punk. Uh huh. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. I that's mean, right. That's because we were with CM Punk. I mean, <laughs> what are you gonna do? And they sat us down at a table. It was uh, six top, but this place was super busy. So me and Ryan ended up like sitting across from each other in the middle of the section. It's like one long table. Sure, sure. So there, you know, there was a couple sitting. Um, to one side of us, and then uh, there actually was a, another couple that sat on the other side, on the end, but um, the guy that would have sat right next to Ryan and across from his wife, for whatever reason, he chose to move his chair around to the end of the table. So mm-hmm. then they brought you know some other guy in who just sat there by himself, and we ended up having you know conversation with everybody at the table. But um, to to my left and Ryan's right... Uh, when when their breakfast came out, it was one of those things like, oh, I wish I would have, you know, next time I come back, I want to try that. She had some type of, I don't know what it was, 
but but that's you know that's the extent of uh, our our food okay that was worth talking about so that's really you know we we did uh, eat the pizza we ate pizza for lunch a couple times um it's quick, it's cheap, it's fast, that that kind of thing, the convenience factor. Any any good, like particularly good pizza? We we actually went into a place. <laughs> oh yeah. And and they didn't Like Sabaros. You ever hear of that place? Just kidding. No, we went on this we went to this place it was like we hadn't eaten breakfast. It was like 11:40 Empire. in the morning. It was Empire Pizza on 5th Avenue and we were at 5th and 31st, right around there. 5th and 32nd. Um, and so we stand there, we, there, there, there are two people at the other end, like it's a long line of pizzas where you order and, and, and you get on the line and they're behind the counter and we're like, are you guys open? And they're like, yeah, we'll... yeah, we're open. And then they never waited on us. They didn't come down and say, what do you guys need? Nothing. Was... They stayed down there by the register we were ready where, to order where we wanted to order, and they never, like, came and waited on us. So we just left. So we just left. <laughs> How long did you guys wait before you left? Like, probably twenty seconds, thirty seconds. But it's kind now, of the point of it. Yeah, but I mean, like twenty seconds isn't like, acknowledge long. us, right? But yeah, they didn't do anything. Me and Ryan are looking at each other, so we just left. <laughs> <laughs> now is that like New like, Yorkers or what? Well, New Yorkers would have. Um, probably had a few words from one side of the counter over to the other I, I side. I would just, I thought everybody in New York City hustled, man. Like, I would just, hey, what do you, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, we're open, what do you need? And then you, oh, okay, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll take two pieces of this, right? But no, they just didn't no, say anything. Not, huh. not that place. It was odd. It was very odd. Jim had all kind of issues um, with his card. My card wouldn't work. This wait a second. Oh, wait, wait. So he brought it, but it didn't work, huh? Well, no. See, it worked. Um, where did we? This was was it Saturday? Where did we go? No, it must have been. I don't even remember. It, uh, Friday, we had used it at Jack's. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And him and I each bought you know a bunch of little little things, and I used my card there. And then the next morning, this was Saturday morning, wasn't it? Yeah. We go to, um, we go over to Grand Central Station, and we're getting some stuff for uh, to do live shots, and we come back, and I uh, I remembered that I did I didn't I need needed cash and I didn't have cash on me, so there's across I've heard the this street, story before. You not having cash or money. No, that's you. That's you. Remember, you're the one who, when you pay for dinner, when the three of us go out to eat, you're the one who orders a large water and three straws. And that's 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 your treat. That's when he's buying. Right. That's yeah. when Dan's buying. So I go across to this TD bank and I try, you know, my card in the, uh, in the machine and it doesn't work. And it said something like... I don't even remember what it said. It doesn't matter. So I tried it again thinking maybe I didn't put the right pin in and then it didn't work again a second time. So we went, you know, I called Ryan from, he's waiting for me across the street because we were supposed to go. You wanted to get a hot dog. Yeah. to get. Oh, that's right. That's right. There was a vendor right there and it just didn't work out. So he can't, he comes across the street to me and we go down to this other pizza shop and... <clears throat> 
Before we get in there, I try another ATM. And this time it says, your card has been deactivated. <laughs> so I was not now, happy. Now, now let's, let's tell you what was discovered on this trip. What was discovered is Jim has some anger anger issues with him. That's well, when no you surprise. go to New York and you have all this money at your fingertips and then somebody cuts off your hands. Oh, you know, I bet because they, they started they, seeing yeah. transactions uh-huh. outside of Pennsylvania. So, and that has happened to me That before. happened to me before in Atlanta. I just had to call them. The fraud and, department called me. Oh, they didn't call you? No phone just call. Just shut it off. Right. So Ryan says, this is at like, I don't know, quarter after 11 in the morning. And Ryan says, take care of it when we get back to the hotel. Um, okay, okay. No, he says, he says take care of it when we, when we get back to the hotel. And then that's when we go to the second ATM, second machine. And that's when I try it. And that's where it says, your card has been deactivated. And I said, take care of it when we get back to the hotel. So we go to a pizza place. And he's in there screaming at this woman, <laughs> this poor woman that works for the credit card company. Jim likes, like, railing down on the representative that just is trying to do their job. We go into UFC 205 and go to our seats. Jim, I go to the bathroom before we sat down on our seats. Jim goes and checks out his seat, comes right back and meets me in the lobby. We get some food. We go back to go in. His hands are full. She's like, you have to show your ticket every time. Jim is <laughs> furious. <laughs> I'm like, you just saw me two minutes ago. Remember, you you know, I went in and sat down by you, myself. You and were then I not, came back out. You did Remember, not have that here. tone. No, but I'm, I'm thinking. Your to tone my... was so Wait, angry. Was it worse she's than going... when you littered? First of all, it wasn't the guy that threw the garbage out the window. It wasn't litter. Let's be let's let's clarify. I did not litter. It what was it? I don't even remember. I think a lid blew off your drain. A lid blew off my drain. And you kept on walking. Jim flipped the So so someone throws like a a thing out their window and Jim starts freaking out. Like uh-huh. Anger so this issues. this lid that blows off your drink, I watch it. It starts blowing down the street. Jim wants to start a fight with And then everybody. I see this bird come over, and it goes to pick it up, and it starts chewing at the plastic lid. And it starts choking. And that's why I got mad at you that you were causing the death of an animal by your litter. Okay. <laughs> wait a second. Wait Again, a, his you pants are on you fire. That, Dan? <laughs> you you want to fight everybody. It was the seagull. That's because you, you got the walker, man. You're using a weapon. I see the you. walker. Hey, watch out, sunny boys. I got my <laughs> walker. This walker can <laughs> be a weapon. You you need to check your, your anger. Okay. Remember your pacifier. Yeah. All right? So... Angry Jim here. I mean, he now, we can go like, on and on fans, with these stories. The fans need to remember that these are two grown men that have gone away from their families for four or five days. They've got to share a hotel room together. They're they're walking around together. It they're bound to get on get get under each other's skin. But it's fun to listen to them. All right. 
Oh yeah, it's real, real, real funny, you, huh? You you said that into a mic on the microphone like you expected an answer to come <laughs> popping out of the microphone. Like, yeah, oh look, you, somebody, you are right. Somebody just tweeted me about it right hey, now. Uh-huh. Hey, this is Terry Dactyl. You are right, Terry. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what else? What else? We're a half hour into the podcast. Yeah. And we, and okay. We I got more. Believe me. Can, can we, we scratch talk the a little MMA? Let's get I'd to love it. love to. Yeah, let's talk some MMA. What what MMA type things or fighter type things or non well, I'll tell you one thing that I'm excited to see is if they do a rematch between Woodley and Wonderboy. Because yeah. that fight went the distance and it delivered. So let me ask you this. From who did you think won the fight? Um We you know it's funny. Um, you know, I, I had uh Travis over. You guys know Travis. We're watching at my house. And every, round by round, you know, it's first one, okay, yep, Woodley's got it. And by the end of the, the fourth round, we're like, what What would you score this at? And I said, well, I mean, so far it's pretty close. It's kind of a draw, but i got to give the, the champion's edge. I don't, I don't want to see this barely go Wonder Boy's way. Nobody's going to feel good about that. I'd say it's a draw. you got to give it to, you know, the champion's edge. And then, you know, I don't remember, I'm, I'm not recalling off him what the fifth round was like, but I remember afterwards we thought, I don't know what they're going to do here. What was the atmosphere like when, when they were kind of doing the whole thing with, you know, he was, you know, Bruce is going to start announcing and then he goes and walks back over and then he comes it back. It was just then, confusion. Like, I think in general people were like, wait, what? Like, was there any kind of jeers from the crowd? Were people not really, or no, Not then. Was just... It kind what of is different. going on? Once he, once they switched it, then the audience reacted. You could yeah. tell how you know Woodley did not want to give up that title, and that's what he thought was coming. Right. Yeah. Right. So yep. Yeah, um, when that happened, but so let's go back to the fight though, because the it was the crowd really, really was pulling for Wonder Boy, and they started two separate chants for him. Um, I don't know if you could hear that. Um, I did, yes. You know, coming through the broadcast. But uh, there was a point where um, where Woodley had him in a, a chokehold. Yeah. And Wonder Boy's trying to get out of it. That was and, unbelievable. And he starts attacking while in the chokehold. And the crowd's going nuts. They they were really, really pulling for him. Yeah, I think it was a ve- the highlight, the high moment of, like, an in-fight thing outside of McGregor was when 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 um Wonder Boy popped his head out and 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 the fans went nuts. Absolutely. I mean it was a it was a great moment and and uh you know the after that round the standing ovation just appreciating both these fighters putting it all out there. Um I'm not one to really boo um fighters per se. However that was there was an exception with Eddie Alvarez because it was just so much fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he did not handle it well. Oh either. no, no, not at all. That's probably why people started to do it even more. I oh, mean, absolutely. See, at first I thought he was okay being the heel, and then I realized he was. He did not want to be the heel, especially from being from you know across the river in New Jersey, yeah. getting booed well, in Madison Philly. Square. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, He's Philly. From Philly, yeah. Okay, uh, maybe. I, I, I don't know if that's close enough to. I would have thought that it would have been, uh, not necessarily, uh, certainly not pro Alvarez, but I I thought that he would have had some fans. No, I, heavy heavy Irish population 
in New York City, and then the Irish travel well um, to follow their team or their athlete. I love it. I love the chance. I love their passion and enthusiasm. I saw the interview you guys did with uh, Martin. Martin. Uh, Martin. Um, I love that. I, I, they're just a great group of people. Yeah. Well, they uh, they certainly like to party, and that plaza of Madison Square Garden, both on weigh-in night Friday night and on Saturday night after the fights, were a Irish festival. That's for sure. They, um, yeah, they brought it, it was for sure. It was interesting. So next, what else you got? Well, um, so I don't know that that our listening audience has an understanding of what you guys were doing on a day-to-day basis to make all of this work. So what were you guys up to? I know it sounded like you guys were shooting some uh, different shots, doing some interviews. What was the day-to-day like outside of press conference and weigh-in and the fight? What were you guys up to? So the interesting thing, so to do a podcast and to do all that stuff, that stuff takes a while to do. To It's not just recording it. It's getting... Um, the content and the talking, yeah, talking points, yeah, and so so that's a time-consuming process to make that all happen. So that's a we did morning podcasts, um, and then we tried to do podcasts in the evening, just depending on the schedule. Remember, there were things going on too with uh, with um, you know getting tickets for the press conference. We had to wait in line for that and. And um, going to, uh, you know. That was a big ordeal, getting yeah. those um, tickets for the press conference. It was it was odd how they did this. They, they set up what was like kind of like two pen areas with these uh, movable gates or fences and the, the barriers. And when we first walked up, they had one that was enclosed, three sides but up against um, a wall. So, you know, it had four sides to keep people in. And then there was another area as you're moving closer to the street and what would be the beginning of the plaza. And they had people lined up there. When, when me and Ryan walked up, it wasn't quite full yet. Um, but what they did is they started letting people slowly matriculate out of that first pen and go in. And then they would shut it off. And there were still people inside that enclosed Mm-hmm. gate area or a pen Basically, area. Basically, they, sh- they shuttled people yeah, just, like herds. Like this herd, okay, some of this herd can go, stop. And there were no tickets, right? It was just kind of a first come, first serve? Correct, and it was general admission. And there, was a, there were a lot of people there. Well, yeah. no, there were tickets, but yeah, it was like Ryan said, first come, first serve. Once they let you out of the pen, you had to go in and get your ticket. And then... You know, and that was that's at noon. They yeah, opened that yeah. up at noon. The press conference doesn't start till three, and so the you you go in. What's wrong? You all right? Oh, your phone's ringing. You're, that's okay. You, it's okay, Dan. It's all good. Um, so then the you had to look like I'm going to die. Um, the uh. So then there's this gap of time between um, when you got your tickets somewhere around noon, which we probably got ours at 1230, and 2.30 when they were letting people in. So then we get back to go in the line to get in, and the line to get in is all the way down the street. It's, oh, it's crazy. It, it, and so 
and um, freezing at this point. How they decide to do this was very odd, and I, I, it appeared to me like that was like Madison Square Garden's like normal thing because like they would have it together. We no, no, but that was the way they normally yeah. do things. Um, but to, but because to, to there me was that it other line, there was that other line that went down. That there were people waiting for some concert tickets or something. It was mm-hmm. very odd. Gotcha. So. I, you know, obviously I was in Cleveland for 203. I was not in, in uh, New York City for 205. Tell me about the differences. But, you know, Cleveland kind of seemed like a small town feel. Just, you know, as soon as we got there, all of a sudden Travis Brown's just kind of walking past us. Hey, how you doing? Um, it, not that many people at uh, press conferences, weigh-ins. What was the dynamic like for you guys as fans Going from 203 in a small city to New York City uh, for 205, and, and you know, obviously the biggest city. I, I would, think if we would have been in the Affinia uh, Fini, uh, Hotel, it would have been very similar. But due to the fact that we were in a different hotel, they weren't really letting people hang out in the lobby, and so we would have had to wait outside, and we really didn't do that. Were there a lot of people waiting outside? Maybe 15. S- same as same as Cleveland, and there could have been. The aspect of it being in New York, so you know they were tighter with security, and it's not like there was security around, but maybe that's just the hotel policies there because it's New York and things that have happened, you know, because of nine eleven. You know, maybe there is that aspect to it, but as far as the fighters go, though, you know, there's um, what's that look on your face for? What are you getting that look for? Yeah, you do, you, you do do these distracting, goofy. You remember nine eleven? Yeah, I remember nine eleven. I just didn't see how that was relevant to a hotel lobby. Well, hotel security, um, not wanting just anybody to come in and hang out in their yeah, lobby, and they okay. they want just the, you know the the hotel guests. I to think be that there. that was how Cleveland was though too. Well, no, not until um, like midday Saturday, I think, is you know, when they. We're starting to to move people out. Yeah, it doesn't that doesn't surprise me. I, I would yeah. I definitely saw them being tighter with security. But as far it wasn't as even security, it was like hotel yeah. like staff just saying, well, are, "Are you looking for something?" Questioning you. Yeah, yeah like are, and we didn't get that. In can Cleveland. I help you guys? And it was like, "No, we're good." And it was like, "Oh, are you waiting for someone?" Like, yes, I'm waiting for Conor McGregor. Is he here? Yeah, actually, yeah. Conor was at a different hotel, so. Yeah, so, um, so fighter access, um, you know, was still there, just the same as Cleveland. But it's just, you know, our schedule, the things Ryan and I were doing, we didn't have the time to pursue it like we, you know, had in Cleveland. So there was that, that was different. Well, I think it's just a matter of time before we become the official fan podcast of the UFC. And, you know, and, and we'll the get the invite for these things. Well, right now we are... The one hundred percent unofficial podcast. <laughs> we're just uh, we're just the one just one hundred percent unofficial and insert podcast right there <laughs> of Terry Dactyl. All this right, is what so. I've had to deal with. You know that. Oh, now you guys left uh, thir- Wednesday, no, Wednesday night. Left Wednesday night. Get to New York City Thursday morning. You go to the press conference. Friday was the weigh-in. Saturday was the fight. Any? Did you guys do any uh, autograph sessions? I remember in Cleveland, uh, Jim. I think you waited two and a half hours to talk to Cowboy Cerrone. You know no, what? Though? We actually held autograph sessions. Yeah. We were, 
you know, people waiting in line to talk to Octagon 247.com. Well, see, Ryan considers an autograph session when he has to put his thumb down for getting fingerprinted. He thought that was an autograph see, session. See, that's funny, Jim, because I heard a story about you. Um, a waitress came up and said, Mr. Mooney, could you sign this? And you're like, oh, uh, most certainly I can't. And then you realized it was the check. <laughs> and then I passed it off to you, and you said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm the one who ordered the water. <laughs> Remember that? And the straws! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. I would say overall, UFC 205, from a an event perspective, two, 203 doesn't compare. From a yeah, no our experience perspective, 205 doesn't compare. And from a um, atmosphere at the event perspective, I give the nod to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I th- that was a special crowd. Yeah, and and, uh, and listen, this is that's giving the nod to Cleveland from from someone from Pittsburgh, which is a tall which task. is hard to do. And it was uh, only because of Pittsburgh guys. It was because of us. Yeah, yeah the Pittsburgh guys yeah. made it. There were, I'm sure, there were several other people that took the. Um, death ride on along the turnpike to to go to Cleveland along with us. QB Brown also added to Cleveland. Absolutely. Yeah. So so this is a good question, and this is kind of putting you guys on the spot. But as far as future podcasts, can we see you guys making any more trips to any more UFC pay per views based on that experience? Um. Yeah, I think that the cool thing is. I don't. I, I don't feel like this pressure to have the tickets ahead of time. I feel like we could go and cover it and try to get tickets. And if we don't, no big deal. We watch it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, that's because I. Um, we talked about that actually on the way back and um, said that you know it, it's feasible for us to to probably go to at least one pay per view event per year. And you know, I mean, there's benefits to to doing coverage, you know, from from our home base. But, um, yeah, we'll probably there, do that. And there are benefits from from doing the full coverage from home. And I think um, we're going to capitalize on that when we get that opportunity in the next pay-per-view. We're not going to be um, going nuts for, for coverage of the fight nights. There's, like, five fight nights coming up in the next month. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to go nuts over that. But for the pay-per-views, for, for 206 coming up and, and 207, I think those are things we can cover really well um, right from the comfort of our own homes. So. Now, there was one thing that, that I heard um, Goldberg calling, uh, and history has been made after Connor... Um, knocked out Alvarez and I was just curious to know how they um, commented on the fight and because what it looked like to me was that there was some sort and I I mentioned this a couple times on our last podcast but like there was maybe either shock might be a better word to use for when Alvarez took that first left from, uh, from McGregor and he went down it looked like he was like Oh, this is real. 
That, you know, yeah, he found out pretty quickly that Conor McGregor's not just a gimmick. Yeah, and I was I was curious how that played out on TV, watching that on the broadcast. Yeah, no, it, I I think that translated very well. I think it was pretty clear early on that Alvarez was surprised, and and Conor, you know, he looked he looked incredible as always. You know, it's as a casual fan, there's that word again. I, I'm always rooting for Conor McGregor, but at some point, I just I'm wondering how long can this go on? I mean, this guy is single-handedly carrying the UFC. I don't think people, you know, especially for you guys being such fans of the sport from a uh, from an overall perspective, from a technical perspective, um, just really into it. For the for the casual fans like myself, it, it's it's giving us an opportunity to be exposed to people like uh, a Wonder Boy Thompson. Uh, you know, Ty Woodley and, and um, you know, some of these other fighters. I'm sure that there's plenty of others. When a Conor McGregor is on the car, we get to see all these people. And so my only concern is, has the UFC, has the UFC, uh, I'm not saying that it's peaked now, but it's certainly at its, its height. And the question is, where does it go from here? Do we see some more Conor fights? Does he take a break? Does, does Ronda win the title and she's got some more fights? Where do we go if John Jones is suspended, Conor McGregor takes a break, and Ronda Rossi loses that next fight? Where do we go from here? Good question. Now, I, th- I think what you said is is right on point. Conor has, he has really, I don't say transformed, but... Um, He's brought people to the table that weren't there before. Absolutely. And when that happens, though, that then becomes a showcase for the UFC for these other guys. Because look what happened in Cleveland. You were there to see who? CM Punk. CM Punk. And look who you were introduced to. Absolutely. And, and now a, you're a big fan of, of Mickey Gall. That Gull. is not true. Example. That is not true. You were not in Cleveland to see CM Punk. That is just inaccurate. You got the ticket before he was on the card. Okay, uh, okay, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, so I was there to hang out with you guys. Yeah. But when I found out that CM Punk was on that card, it made it. It was, I mean, that literally doubled the value of, of me going. I thought I was already going to go. Didn't know who was going to be there. I knew you two would be there. You guys were the stars of the show for me. And then when I found <laughs> out, then when I found out CM Punk was going to be there, I mean, that's just that that put me over the edge. Yeah. But you're right, though. That that is a perfect example of somebody who is a draw, who draws people in. And, it, you know, you got to have you have to have good fighters so that, you know, once they're there, it's kind of like this. Many businesses like, for example, McDonald's, they have a dollar menu. Right. You get a lot. Think about it. You're in college. Where do you go? You got to go to McDonald's. I get a dollar menu. Right. But guess what? Ten years later, when you need a quick meal. And you've gone to McDonald's so many times. Where do you go? You go to McDonald's. But now you've graduated. Now you're into combo meals. And you're going to supersize that. And you're going to grab that apple pie. Right? So, so somebody like uh, a Conor Dude. McGregor. Am I going to lost you? No. You just <laughs> made me hungry. And I don't even like McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, on the way back, we're looking for a place to, um, to eat, like an exit to get off. And the first one that we see after Ryan, you know, says, let's let's stop and grab something is McDonald's. He says, dude, I don't want McDonald's. <laughs> so we go like, you know, three more miles. There's another exit and it's McDonald's. And this um, happens for like 
80 miles. Yeah, it's just McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. And then and we then, had an Arby's, and he's like, I'm not going to Arby's. Yeah, I pull off the exit because we're going, you know, down down the freeway, and I just see something off to the right. And there was no sign saying what was there. I just happened to catch a glimpse and knew that it was some type of restaurant. And I pull off the exit, and it ends up being an Arby's. So, like, halfway down the off-ramp, I ended up turning around and jumped over to the on-ramp. So like we through the dirt grass like that's Uh that's and i ran over some of the trash that ryan had thrown out the window on our way down the off-ramp so we get back on the freeway and you ever notice that no one laughs at any of your jokes they're all like dan remember dan remember how you were talking to the people that's harry okay it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter you're this mysterious so we get back on the freeway anyways we get back on the freeway and probably like 10 miles down the road there's a sign for wendy's and once we get close to the exit ryan saw that it was two miles down the road like we'd have to get off the freeway and then head um head south you know off of the exit to get to this wendy's we're like forget that so (laughs) i think we found something maybe 30 miles later this guy drives angry he's just a very angry person. Yeah, well, you know, that that's what happened to my grandpa when, as he got older. He started yeah. to get very ornery. Yeah, well, I think it happens around, like, your early 70s. See, who Mooney. drove to Cleveland? I did. Sahara. Who drove? It's because you got the minivan. Who drove to Dude. New York? Dude, I we did. would call Uber, but it would be so much more. Uh-huh. Wow. I, I, an Uber ride from Pittsburgh to New I York. Know. I'm that's just why, saying. That's why Mooney's my I'm driver. I'm just saying. You got no problems with me lugging you around, but when we get back, you got you know you, your panties are all up in a bunch and you no, got it had all nothing these to things. Do with driving. To wait, 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 guys! About. I got I got to finish the analogy. So this is a horrible analogy. As I'm thinking about it more, I know it, I was com- it, I, I was, was trying to not I, go back to. This. I know, but I've got to go back to it. I was comparing Conor McGregor to the dollar menu, which right. is not good. That's not very good at all. But anyways, the point was is that they tell his dad you said that. I know, I know, right? But but that's what draws the people in, and once they're there, they end up finding other things that they like, right? So it was exactly to your point with CM Punk. I was interested to see him fight. Now I'm a Mickey Gall fan, right? That that wouldn't have happened yeah, the, had he not so fought CM Punk. Right. As a as a hardcore fan, my thing is, I want you to go to these events and not fall in love with Mickey Gall, but fall in love with the sport. Well, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I am, I am definitely moving in that direction. I think that the UFC and mixed martial arts in general has just, I mean, the trajectory is great. It seems to be growing and they, they've, they, they're getting better at, um, at marketing things and telling stories. And the cool thing is, is that like, just like last night, in, in if you were watching professional wrestling, they, they would have had the, the, the two belts planned and we're going to celebrate it this way and camera shots that way. But UFC is just so raw and gritty and they, they grab Woodley's title. And I, I for me watching it, I love seeing that they're leaving so much on the table and that's a good thing. Meaning like they have so much more room to grow, yet it is so amazing right now. And I think when you see that and you see what it can become, the journey is very exciting to get there. I agree with you on all points with what you just said, except for one. And that is, I think you'll stay a casual fan. And I mean this in a positive way. I would agree. I would agree. 
because give, you like the business side of it absolutely. and seeing, yeah. you know, what is UFC going to do next to improve on their success. Right. And so... And you'll still find your little stories, the Mickey Galls and, yes. you know, whoever's next. So fans becoming more of a fan in that sense, you know, attached to one fighter and his or her story. I, I will... So I'm a casual fan. I will continue to become an even more casual fan in the sense that I, I'm, I'm following it. I can tell I'm following it a lot more now. I'm getting introduced to the fighters i'm learning about them I, I he's lo- providing a lot of content on octagon 247.com yes. let me let me publicly say for the record that ryan middleton and jim sahara mooney do 99.9998 percent of the work here i show up and record the podcast just so who, we know who gets the credit it's these two gentlemen right here but what you add well, to the podcast he, that point zero 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 two that you add. It's like the lemon flavoring in that water that you're drinking. The lemon's like, a, it's less than a percent, but it changes the flavor it, of it. It really does. The the trio on the podcast is is needed. It works. Um, although we, you know, included you in the podcast when we were there. Yeah, pterodactyl here. Your spirit was there. We felt your presence. We actually, we actually, today on our most recent podcast, um, we informed the viewers because we had been leading them to believe that you were with us and just w- were very quiet. Yeah. And so it led us to... An apology. Uh, it, it, well, basically... What it's the we only said, one I haven't listened to so far, Basically, by the way. what we said was this. For leading our audience astray, we would like to offer our deepest uh, and sincere apology... To absolutely nobody, none of you. <laughs> that was a great promo that by Conor McGregor. Awesome. That was that was awesome. That was superbly set up. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's a genius. All right, I think that's gonna wrap us up. Anyone? You guys got anything else? I'm good. You guys haven't said much yet, so I don't know why you'd start now. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we had a great time at. Uh, UFC 205. We have fight nights coming up the next, um, I don't know, the next month. There's like a fight night or two. Yeah, the next one is uh, Bader and uh, Noguera. Well, there's also one earlier that day in overseas. So there's fight nights coming up. We'll be with you again. Um, we'll have a podcast out Monday morning at the latest. And we thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we will say... Till next time, friends.